Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to be discussing April reads. Um, Gail sent me a text yesterday and she was excited. She seemed to have found lots of good stuff to read. So looking yes. forward to to seeing what's coming out and what we can, you know, order from, I guess, order <laughs> from the bookstore, order for curbside pickup. <laughs> you know what? They've stopped curbside here. Oh, did they? Yeah, they've stopped, like, all, they've shuttered all essential businesses, which means no curbside for bookstores. You can do it so, for food, but not for bookstores. Okay. So they have to ship online then? They have to ship, yep. Okay. There's a new system, I think, that had just come online maybe three months ago that people didn't really know what to do with. I think it's called Bookshop. I have to look that up to see, because maybe we'll start linking to... um books on there as well, but they, I think, have organized an online shipping system among the independent bookstores. And I believe that a certain, like a lot of the money goes directly to the, to the stores. Um, yeah. When you order. I just read about that. Um, I just read about that. And it said, they said they've had a huge upswing in numbers of bookstores who have applied to become part of their network now, which I think is really cool. Right. I have to check and see if Three Lives is on there. Uh, Yeah. All right. We'll link to that one so that people can order all these amazing books that we're about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Gail thought there was an embarrassment of riches. So have you made any reading progress since we last spoke? Yes. I have finished... Uh, one book since we last spoke and I'm really trying to finish the followers and this is so annoying. I can't find it. Like it's somewhere in the house. There's nowhere else it could be, but I don't know where it went. So I finished separation anxiety by Laura Zygmunt. I wanted to like it more than I did because I really love Laura Zygmunt and I, I like that she discusses life stages so well. Like I read her in my twenties when she wrote animal husbandry and then um, this book is about a woman and she's 50 and she, her son is turning into a teenager and he's less reliant on her and less interested in engaging with her and her marriage isn't doing well. And she's kind of stalling professionally. And I just liked that she dealt with that slice of life. And I really, she's got a very observant and funny sense of humor and and way that she looks at the world but i just i don't know the plot didn't do it for me and you know it could be these times that we're in and we talked about this last week that we like to have something to escape into and and this is a time when it's really helpful to have a lot going on to get your mind off and this one it was a, a bit of a chore to get through it's not a long book like it was 270 like this is a book i should have finished really fast and i didn't but anyway it's done And um, now I need to finish The Followers, which I've got maybe a fourth of the way left to go on that one, too. Are you liking that one? I asked Lydia if she liked it, and she said she didn't really like it. I'm not. Um, It's, you know, 
I think that the followers is a bit of a victim of its time. Like, and we can talk about this more when I actually finish it, but it's a book about the dangers of social media and influencer culture and lack of privacy and devices. And it's half of it is set in the present and half of it is set about 25 years from now. And I feel like right now, I am not in the mood to bash social media. Like, I feel like social media is what's it's getting like everybody through this. Life. Right. These phones are our lifelines right now. And I, you know, maybe if I'd read this like three months ago, I would have felt differently. But right now, it feels just really irrelevant. And I don't know, it's sort of starting into be more of a like thriller reaction, not action, but it's more of a thriller than I had was I'm in the mood for. So I did it on audio and I've been doing it kind of plottingly because I just haven't had much time to do audio. And I, what I want to do now is just finish it in print and be done because I feel like I've just got piles of books in the house that I'm really excited to read. I've been swapping a ton and got a bunch still from the library and we're about to talk about a bunch of great books that are coming out. And I just like, I'm irritated that I'm, I'm mired in a book that's not making me want to turn to reading. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely not, not high on my list. Mm. Okay, so I guess where I'll I am. How about you? That one. <laughs> yeah. That's two no's. <laughs> two no's, yeah. How about you? So I finished The Majesties by Tiffany Sal and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I feel like it get, got me out of my coronavirus reading slump that I was kind of in because I had been reading. Listening to Fates and Furies on audio, and then I was reading Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner. And just because of the mood I was in, I just needed more, something more compulsive, something more thrillery to pull me along. So this wasn't, it's not like it was a fast paced thriller. I think the book suffered a little bit because some parts were just a little bit too slow. You know, I, I felt like I got to the middle and I was kind of waiting for the action or waiting for the point. But for the most part, it did do its job in terms of making me want to turn to it and read as opposed to just like endlessly refreshing on the New York Times, the Atlantic and, and the New Yorker, just bouncing back and forth between those publications for updates. So I think it did the trick. And it is about two sisters, two wealthy sisters. I think their family lives in Jakarta, but they are Chinese. So um, even though they've been raised there, I guess the Indonesians, there is tension there because they don't necessarily respect or get along with the Chinese. But it kind of just talks a little bit about what it's like to live in a country where you're uh you're wealthy but you're also not part of the dominant group and are are looked down on because of that. So he poisons the entire family and only the sister is left alive and she is in the hospital in basically a coma. Uh it seems like she has some kind of con- consciousness and she is reflecting on what might have led her sister to consider doing such a thing to their family, like what secrets and what have they gotten away with that would make her turn on them. So, yeah. You were excited to read that. I'm glad you got to it. 
Yeah, I am too. So, and right now I'm reading The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. So I've been waiting for this book for quite a bit of time because I read Wolf Hall and I read Bringing Up the Bodies and I love them both. And uh, I'm so glad to be back in this world again. So this is one of those books that I am looking forward to seeing. I mean, I know how it ends with Cromwell, you know, when you're reading historical fiction that is so publicized. I would say the Tudors are probably, um, Henry Tudor is probably the most infamous monarch in terms of having eight wives and (coughs) probably having killed half of them. (laughs) So there aren't any surprises, but at the same time, it's just so good and so engrossing. And, and still, even though I should, I'm not going to be surprised by anything she builds this intrigue and I, and I'm surprised in spite of myself. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I have been still, uh, every now and then, even though I don't have a commute listening to fates and furies, sometimes it can be my thing to do when I'm like doing some housework. And mm-hmm. so I'm happy that that's better, but I am going to start reading. Um, I'm going to, what we had said that we were going to read, the hold up together. Down. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start listening to that because I do still feel like I want an audio that is is a little bit more compelling. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I'm not I sure am. I'll read it as soon as you do, but I'll try to overlap with you a little bit so we're not too far apart on that one. Um, okay, good. So what's are you gonna? Worthy, huh? Do you think you'll include that Hillary Mantel series when we talk about book series? Seems like that would be a good one for you. Yeah, probably. Got it. All right. So book world Maybe stuff. we should do that next because I feel like I know the last show I mentioned a bunch of series and one of the books that I'm, that I looked up, I don't know if I'll mention it today because it, it's part of a series and it's part of a series that I haven't read, but I'm kind of excited about it. So I'm excited about our series show. I think okay. I'll do better than I did with lighthearted reads. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, that sounds good. All right. So you're going to turn to the newsy. I don't know if I have any book news. I mean, I've, I continue to be impressed by how vibrant this book community has been during the quarantine. And there's just so many sites popping up. I'm subscribing to new stuff. Booklist has made its content available for free so now i'm on book list mailing lists and well, that's I feel good like, news to know yeah and book list is now is now free um or the access to their archives is free and um i mean it, you know i go on um bookstagram and i'm just like it's overwhelming how much content there is and people are home and now they're you know they're Book photographs are more beautiful than ever. (laughs) So I launched a new series on my blog. Um, I'm just posting some book lists for people to consider during quarantine. Mm -hmm. So the first one, the first list was the 10 best books I read last year. Then the second list, which I posted yesterday, was basically my half of our Light Reads podcast from last week. Yeah, I was going to mention got, that because she threw a few extras on there, I think, yes. that we did not discuss. So people should right. check it out. 
Thank you. Yeah. So I did throw some extras in there and I'm going to try to do that like once or twice a week, just come up with a book list. There's not a lot of commentary. I don't, I link to my reviews. So if people want to learn more, they can, but you you know, I'm not briefest description, like the Rosie project, man with Asperger's seeks wife. Yes. One day in soulmates kept apart by fate. Right. I figured people should, uh, you know, have some sense of what it is before they, you know, so they don't have to like, if they know off the bat that they don't like the premise, they don't have to click through. So I'm going to try to do those. So if you follow me, I'm, um, every day I write the book blog.com and I am G Weisswasser. That's G W E I S W A S S E R on Instagram. So I'm just posting those lists there and they've been pretty well received. The, the light books one was super well received. So hopefully <laughs> that means our podcast will also be equally well received. Um, it seems like people are really craving the light stuff. I did get taken to task on one of my picks. Oh, and uh, I feel oh, like is that should... the one that you notated? Yes. So the book, book of, of Essie. Essie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had forgotten when you and I spoke <laughs> that there is, um, there is some disturbing stuff in there. And there's a dark, there's a dark part of the plot. I, in general, I don't, I stand by putting it on that list because I think it's uh, lighter fare that I think is very engrossing, but I forgot that there is um, this one plot part that first of all, may be triggering for some people. And it's also, you know, there's no way around it. It's dark. So um, I felt like I needed to give a little warning on that one. Is it spoilery if you tell me what that is? I think it is. Okay, so don't tell I me. I think it is. Yeah, I'll tell you after the show. No, or don't tell me. me. Yeah. Right, I won't tell, tell you. Me. Yeah. Cuz I do think you'd I think you'd really like it. I have so, it. I feel like it was one of my I think it was a book of the month pick and I think I picked it. Yeah. So I won't say what it is. So, uh that was, you know, it's nice to know people are reading and, you know, they're they're um they're like noticing what's on there enough to like leave me a comment and disagree with something that I said. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to keep doing that as, until I run out of ideas of what to post there. And maybe what I'll do is when you and I have done a, a podcast, maybe I'll just adapt my, my side of it and use that as well and then supplement. But um, That is a good idea. Yeah, because yeah, people want this. Like a lot of people posted us. They were like, thank you. I was just saying I needed something like this. This is a big help. Ordering right now. Things like that. I wish we could be more help in that respect. <laughs> as I, I think of light, if, as I think of light reads, I we we will let you guys know. Yeah, because I'm sure I have. I'm sure I must have some more. Oh, I'm sure you do, and and, just don't and you've got mind. other categories. And you're such a broad reader that I think there's a lot of categories you could do. You could do historical fiction. You could do um, nonfiction. I mean, I think I think if you just like skim through your Goodreads or wherever you keep track of the books you've read, you will find that it's not hard to make a list. Yeah, with some I sort have of categories, themes. and we'll see mm-hmm. as we continue to record some extra content. We'll see. We might have to do some split lists because sometimes I pitch Gail themes, and she hasn't read enough of the books. Yeah, so we might maybe we'll do some where you have you will pick five books that have their own theme and I'll pick five books. But I think so far we, you know, we want to do the series. I think we have been talking about doing a time travel one forever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I don't even know that time travel is particularly light, but I think that there's something, there's an element of it that makes it intriguing without making it triggering because there is sort of a eh, magical perspective to time travel. And I think people would like to get out of this time if they could. So. Sounds appealing. And I think we should do an update on book celebrity book clubs. Okay. Because, I don't know, they're getting interesting. So I'm going to add that to our, our list of topics to cover. All right. So today we are going to talk about books that are coming out in April. And I did find some that I'm very excited about and that look really good. So um, we each have a list. We don't know what's on each other's lists. So we may have some overlap. Hmm. All right. Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. So the first book I have is called The Roxy Letters by Mary Pauline Lowry. It comes out on April 7th. And I actually saw this book. I've seen it on a few places, but I saw that J. Ryan Straddle had read and recommended it on Instagram yesterday. And this is a book about a woman. She is a sometimes vegan, always broke artist with a heart the size of Texas and an ex living in her spare bedroom. So it is, I think, an epistolary novel. So it's all told through letters to her ex and her, the guy who's living with her. And it's just all about her life. Uh, apparently, she used to work at Whole Foods, the original Whole Foods, and she has a lot of issues with the direction that Whole Foods has gone in in the intervening years. And it's just about her life. I, I feel like I've kind of read a bunch of books lately about women in their 30s who are kind of at sea. And this seems like another one of those, but the reviews of this one have been really good. And of course I, I always like recommendations from J Ryan Straddle. So this is the first book that I came up with for our list. So again, the Roxy letters by Mary Pauline Lowry. That seems like that could be somewhat light. Mm-hmm. I saw it when I was looking at stuff. She wrote a book called wildfire, which I've not read. She's a native of Austin, Texas, and she contributes to um, O Magazine and other magazines as well, and lives in Boise. You know, the idea that I had for a show that I want to do is to comb through so many writers are freelance writers and write articles that you see in a lot of these publications, mm -hmm. some of them with political viewpoints, some of them specialize in things that are more lighthearted, but I, th I always mm -hmm. think it's interesting just to piggybacking on our conversation last week, talking about uh, the influence of publishing, you know, people who are sh shaping the articles that we read, the books that we read are also shaping the articles that we read about policy, about science, about a whole bunch of different things. Um, and they also shape the literary criticism, like a lot of, the big pieces that you'll see that run in the papers or whatever, a lot of times authors are writing those pieces. So, yeah, I noticed that too. It's, I'll, you know, I'll read like a long thing in real simple or something. And it's got, you know, it's somebody who's got a book out or I've just read. And I, I always really like that to see just a little perspective on their lives. That's different from their novel. 
Yeah, or something that's the same, because I think when we read that memoir, the tech memoir that we just read that came out in January, you know, she writes the tech um, section for, I think, The Atlantic. Uncanny Valley? Right. Anna or something. All right. All right. What's so your first? My first is not light. It is the opposite. It's called Assume Nothing, a Memoir of Intimate Violence, and it's by Tanya Selvaratnam. Um, she is a woman. She was married to the Attorney General, I believe, of New York State, um, whose name is Eric Schneiderman. She got into a relationship with him. They fell in love very quickly, but then it became apparent that she was in an abusive relationship. So it is all about her, what, what level she had to go to in order to get help for herself, being that so many avenues that she explored were not available to her because of his mm. position in the government. And it talks about how a lot of people, a lot of women are not, a lot of women are or do find themselves in situations like this where they may not be able to pursue either a civil claim, go to the police or, you know, ethics complaint are all avenues that she pursued that other women are not able to pursue because they are in relationships with people who hold powerful positions within law enforcement. Um, so this book speaks specifically to an abuse of power in, I guess, a very specific type of relationship that seems harrowing, but it, you know, her story seems interesting and I want to read that. Hmm. It's out on April 7th. Everything comes out on April 7th. I'll just warn you now. (laughs) Yeah. It seems to be a big day. Okay. All right. So my next book is called the beauty of your face also comes out on April 7th. And it is by Sahar Mustafa, and it is about a Palestinian-American woman who wrestles with faith, loss, and identity before coming face-to-face with a school shooter in this debut novel. So it's about a woman who is the principal of a a Muslim school for girls in Chicago. And one morning, a radical shooter from the alt-right attacks the school And I guess she sort of ends up coming face to face with him when he comes in the school. So you've got two timelines. You have what's going on in the school. And then you also have her memories of growing up in the U.S. as a Muslim American woman and her mother's life in Palestine. And I guess there was an older sister who disappeared and just her drawing on her family's culture. So you've got two timelines going on and um, not, this does not sound like a light read at all, but it just looks really interesting and, you know, possibly really intense. And maybe it's the type of thing that I wouldn't want to read right now, but would want to eventually get to. So the beauty of your face by Sahar Mustafa. That had been on, that was on my list. I think that sounds really good. Oh, it was. Okay. So we've covered it. So the next book on my list is The House of Deep Water by Jenny McFarlane. They say it's perfect for fans of The Mothers and Olive Kittredge. (laughs) Okay. I I didn't read Olive Kittredge, so 
I'm not sure. I read The Mothers and I really liked it. So it's about Riverbend, Michigan. Um, it's a small town that most people can't imagine leaving, but there are three women who couldn't wait to escape. And I guess this book is all about what happens when they return to the town. So, um, and it seems like they're all going to be living and interacting with each other under the roof of, roof of this woman, Beth DeWitt. She has two children and it, it mentions that she was one of the only black daughters in Riverbend, Michigan. So, um, so it just talks about how this one town is struggling to contain all of these women, these women and their affairs, like their love lives and a local scandal that's going to force them to confront their past. Okay. My next one I actually have in the house right now is called Perfect Tunes by Emily Gould. Is this on your list too? Mm -mm. Never heard of it. Oh, I think you might like it. So this is a book about, it takes place in the East Village in the early 2000s. And it's about a songwriter who has arrived in New York with the hope of recording her first album and making a name for herself as a musician. And then 14 years later, you have her daughter asking questions about the father she never knew, who was someone that she, that the first woman, Laura, was in a relationship with when she gets to New York. So it's all about music and uh, this mother-daughter relationship and the, I guess, influence of this man who is no longer in the picture. So it's funny, wise, and utterly immersive. Perfect Tunes explores the fault lines between parents and children and asks asks whether dreams deferred can ever be reclaimed. So I kind of like the music element of it, the family element of it, and then the dual time story part of it as well. So it's called Perfect Tunes by Emily Gould, and it comes out on April 14th. So I'm excited to read this one. Is one I think that you might like, Gail. It's called, (laughs) it's catnip for both of us because it is about (laughs) (laughs) this couple. The little, just the little blurb is over the course of a weekend, two couples reckon with long hidden secrets that have shaped their families in a charged, poignant novel of motherhood and friendship. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So (laughs) come to mama. (laughs) Yep. It's called St. Evo. It's by Joanna Hershon. And it, I have never it, heard of it. Yeah. It says it starts at the end of the summer. Sarah is the protagonist, and she's in the middle of her life, the middle of her career, the middle of her marriage, which she has recently put back together. She's hoping that she is able to keep her job, and it seems like she's contemplating um, the last time that she saw her daughter and just kind of thinking about loss and what has happened with that. But she is on the train and I think she gets mugged and it leads her to reconnecting with some old friends and they get an invitation to go away for the weekend in the country. And it says with their new unexpected baby. So I have no idea if this is the daughter's baby that shows up or I'm not sure. (laughs) It's like, maybe I skipped a line in here somewhere. But anyway, so they get this invitation 
And it, it says that over the course of three hot September days, the couple's try to reconnect and you know of course hidden things will come to light and gail this you know you can read it um it's up your alley anyway but see they it's over the course of three days because i know you don't like (laughs) one day books (laughs) thank you for pointing that out because i did think about that when you first said it yes i do not like one day books so thank you yeah that does sound really good repeat the name and the title and the author Saint Evo by Joanna Hershon, H-E-R-S-H-O-N. That name is familiar, but I don't think I've read anything by her before. We have a lot of uh, first-time authors to us on this list. Okay. All right. So my next book is The Knockout Queen by Rufi Thorpe, R-U-F-I Thorpe. And I actually have in my house another book that she wrote called The Girls from Corona Del Mar, which I haven't read yet. So now it's making me want to read both of these. And this book was recommended by Sarah from Sarah's Bookshelves, who I think she said is one of her first or second five-star reads of the year. So this is about two two friends. Um, One is a gay teenager named Michael. And one is his next-door neighbor, who is a very tall, very attractive woman named Bunny. And... She is, um, oh no, I'm sorry. Maybe she's not, it's not that she's very attractive. She's tall and she's very strong. She's like, I guess she's an athlete and it's about the relationship they have. They each feel that they don't belong. He, because he's gay and I'm not sure whether he's out or not out. And she, because she feels like she doesn't fit in physically to sort of the norm of, uh, girls or young women because I think she's very tall and very athletic. So it says the knockout queen is about the lengths we go to, to protect our friends and what happens when the binding threads of love are stretched to their snapping point. Sarah really enjoyed this book. Um, she reviewed it in the last couple weeks and gave it a very, very glowing review. And because I had been intrigued enough to buy not acquire through other free means, but actually buy her earlier book, The Girls from Corona Del Mar. Now I really want to read this one too. So this comes out on April 28th. Late in the game. Late in the game. Yes. Actually, if you go on Goodreads, Sarah wrote only my second five-star book of 2020. And she wrote that last week or March 16th. So a little while ago. Sarah DNF'd um, The Majesties. Oh, she did. (laughs) She's a tough critic. Okay, what's up for you next? So, How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang, and it's about two siblings who are on the run, not just trying to survive, but trying to find a way home. And their father had died in the night and their mother has already gone. So they're newly orphaned children and they're immigrants. And this is hard for me to characterize because they do go on the run in terms of, um, they live in a Western mining town. I guess they do not want the the authorities to separate them or to step in. But it also mentions that this book has, lots of magical realism in it. And it deals with a lot of Chinese symbolism and reimagined history. Um, 
And it says it includes lots of original language and storytelling. So I find it intriguing that it's set in the West. It's about Chinese immigrant children who are on the run, but it, it, it just seems like it just defies description, but I'm looking for, I want, I want to read that. So hmm. yeah, it's on Riverhead. It comes out April 7th, of course. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So April 7th, everyone just, you know, dump out your money, (laughs) get all the books. Okay, so this next one for me looks really intriguing. It's called The Sweeney Sisters by Leanne Dolan. And this is a book about three sisters who grew up in Connecticut. Their mother has died, and now their father unexpectedly dies. And when he dies, they return home. And when people come to pay their respects, somebody shows up who turns out to be a half-sister with these sisters. So it turns out there was a, an affair and a relationship and a hidden secret child. So... Um, I think it's actually a pretty light book, but I think it sounds really good. How will the fourth sister, a blonde among redheads, fit into their story? (laughs) Goodreads says, by turns revealing, insightful, and uproarious, the Sweeney Sisters is equal parts cautionary tale and celebration, a festive and heartfelt look at what truly makes a family. So definitely a light read, but just looks really good. I'm seeing a fair number of five-star reviews of this book, five and fours throughout Goodreads. I'm really fascinated by DNA tests and the surprises that sometimes come from DNA tests. And in fact, I just bought a book. Um, it was one of the ones I got from Politics and Prose curbside when before they shut Politics and Prose down, um, except for online orders. And it's a nonfiction book about these DNA tests and what you know, the types of connections and secrets they are uncovering. So it's just a matter of time before that made its way into fiction. So this right. one again, The Sweeney Sisters by Leanne Dolan, and it comes out on April 20th. All right. So the last book that I have, it has such a, an odd premise. Um, it's called The Silent Treatment by Abby Greaves. It comes out on April 7th, of course. <laughs> It says this is resonant with emotional power of the best-selling novels of Dave, David Nichols and Jojo Moyes. And I can kind of see why they would say that a little bit because it seems like it has that kind of loving, there was once a loving relationship at the root of the story, but now that there's heartbreak. So this is about a couple, um, a couple who have, have shared a happy and loving marriage. But for the past six months, they have not spoken. And they say it's like not just not one word has been spoken. And the silence between them is just getting more and more ominous. Like they are sleeping. The couple's name are Frank and Maggie, and they are sleeping in the same bed. And just the woman, Maggie, the wife, Maggie, is not sure what has caused the silence from Frank. Um even though it says that she has a few ideas about what may have caused it. So for six months, they have not spoken one morning. 
uh, Frank wakes up and he finds that Maggie has collapsed in the kitchen. There's an empty bottle of sleeping pills nearby. And so she's rushed to the, to the hospital and she's in a coma. So, you know, if she regains consciousness, she might not be the same again. And he's overwhelmed at the thought of losing his wife. But is it too late for them is the question here. Hmm. So it says it's about lies, loss, transcendent love at the heart of a troubled marriage. So it seems like one of those books that I really like because it starts off. I mean, I would, I mean, what's more compelling than to figure out what's at the heart of such extreme treatment in a relationship. It sounds actually a little bit like uh, separation anxiety, which I just read. Maybe separation anxiety is a little written in a lighter tone, but it's kind of the same types of issues. Mm. All right. Well, that is a, I think that's an embarrassment of riches in one month. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot of good stuff. And there's a lot of things that I did not even mention. Yeah. You know, I forgot to say one piece of book news, too, okay. which is there's some controversy around Book Expo right now. So Book Expo moved from May to July. And before and now, that, Penguin Random House had pulled out when it was well, originally now all still the, May. Yeah, all of the major five big publishers have pulled out. And Book Expo has not canceled and it has not postponed beyond July at this point, despite the fact that the Javits Center has been turned into a massive hospital. Right. And New York is the epicenter of coronavirus. And <laughs> the five major publishers have pulled out. So they won't refund money. So everyone there's everyone is up in arms that they're not being refunded. And then there's people who like who are like, listen, I can't make the new date. So even if you have it in July, I can't make it. Like I've got, I'm a teacher and I've got stuff that's going on in July or, you know, things have changed for me. And and like, so Book Expo apparently has a very hard line that they won't issue refunds. And the only thing they'll do is they'll credit May towards July, but they won't like credit it for 2021 and they won't do refunds. So they're coming under a lot of heat right now. I mean, my guess is they're just going to cancel it entirely. They can't hold Book Expo without the big five. That, you or know, the, in, in any Javits meaningful Center. way. Or the Javits Center. So they need to either move it to, like, November. And to tell or, you the truth, I think that to have it in the Javits Center in July, I wouldn't want to go there. I don't think anyone does. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a coronavirus hospital. I mean, I know yeah. they're going to clean it and they're going to whatever, but just the psychological impact of that, I right. think it would be too soon for that. I wouldn't go. I think so, too. I mean, their options are to, to cancel it altogether, move it to the end of the year, or move it out in New York. Yeah. Or all, you know, all three. Or, well, the second two, move it out of New York and do it in the fall. I don't know. I'm always but down there... for it to not be in New York because then I get <laughs> to go somewhere. I know. We had our field trip to Chicago that one year. So we... Um, I th- I have I moved my train from May to July, but I think I could cancel my train. And I actually got a, such a good deal on it. And I think I bought um, travel insurance. So that shouldn't be a problem. I'll get the train ticket back. And then, I mean, I don't, they can just hold on to my registration and apply it for whenever they have it or for next year. But th- for people who really can't make it, period, they are not winning any friends by 
having such a hard line on uh, refunds. Oh, wow. Evolving story. Yep. All right. Well, that's April. We'll be back next week. We'll do our our uh, series episode on series. Yep. I think that'll be good. We'll each have a couple of series in mind if you are in the mood to um, delve into a couple of books rather than just one. We'll yeah, this is ideas. the perfect time to go down a rabbit hole with a good series. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So well, Nicole, then. stay safe, wash your hands, and happy reading. <laughs> happy reading. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. 